0: Hi, everyone. Welcome back to another episode of Senior Living Today. Today, I'm joined by Jason French and Melissa Todd from Western Reserve Masonic Community. Thank you both so much for joining us today. Um, Melissa, can you tell us a little bit about yourself and what your role is at Western Reserve Masonic Community?
1: Yeah, absolutely. So my name is Melissa Todd, and I am the corporate sales manager. I have been working in healthcare and senior living for eight years, and my job is to educate families about the different options that exist for themselves or their loved ones. Then I can also schedule personalized visit experiences to show off our community, and last but not least, I walk them through the process of how to move on to our campus successfully.
0: We're also joined by Jason French today. Can you tell us a little bit about yourself and what your role is at Western Reserve Masonic Community?
2: Yes, I am the uh, president of our campus here. So I'm in charge of the overall operations and then vision and mission uh, and culture development for our campus. Well,
0: thank you both again for being here today. Um, and today we're going to be talking about um, a type of senior living community known as a CCRC. Uh, we hear this acronym thrown around a lot in the senior living industry, but not everybody knows what it stands for or what it means. Uh, so Jason, can you tell us a little bit more about what CCRC stands for and what it means?
2: Absolutely. So a CCRC is a Continuing Care Retirement Community or CCRC. And what that really means is that we uh, offer all the levels of care that are available in senior living today, from independent living, traditional assisted living, memory care services, and skilled nursing, all at one location.
0: One of the major benefits of a CCRC is that residents can move from one level of care to the next within the community as their needs are changing. Uh, How comforting is that to residents and family knowing that the community is there for them? Because I imagine this can be a stressful time as somebody's care levels, needs are changing.
2: You know, it, it actually is a, is a huge relief for the folks that are moving and making a choice to move on to a campus like ours. You're making that choice and that decision one time in your life, where if you were going to a community that maybe offered one level or two levels, you know, as you advance, you um, in, the, in your care needs or service needs, then at some point in time, that's gonna facilitate a physical move to another building, another company, another building, where when you're in a continuing care retirement community, those transitions happen really seamless, seamlessly. You wake up one morning in your independent living apartment, you move to your assisted living apartment that's just down the hallway, it's the same dining services team. It's the same housekeeping team. It's the similar phone numbers and ways to get around the community. So the benefit of not having to move is one. But then even beyond that, the lifelong benefit, you know, folks live a more vibrant, longer lifestyle when they move to a campus or a community that is a CCRC on average than folks that are, that are living in single independent living or standalone assisted living communities from the actual social emotional benefit of being inside a community that all lives and breathes and, and, and lives and resides together and being able to be plugged into that. Um, those transitions are made easier because you're part of a community. And it's not, you know, that's the biggest part of the CCRC is that the community piece that comes with it. This isn't going to an assisted living to live. This is becoming part of a community um, and making that choice to, to live that lifestyle, which is can be, in a lot of ways, very exciting and should be exciting for people to want to be able to look forward to those years of their time as something that, that can be uh, vibrant um, and exciting, not just a place to live.
0: So, Melissa, what is one thing that you would tell a prospective resident about moving to a CCRC? So one thing that I tell all prospective
1: families or community members is that moving to a CCRC provides financial peace of mind uh, that you won't ever be asked to leave uh, if you do outlive your resources, but also that it provides stability because that care continuum can
0: manage your
1: current and your future care needs.
0: So now that we've learned some of the basics about a continuing care retirement community, what it means, what it entails, let's dive in more to the different care levels available. Uh, Let's start with independent living. When should somebody be looking to move into independent living? So here on our campus, you do have to be 55 years or older to move
1: on to our uh, community. And for someone who's interested in exploring the services and amenities, I would tell them that They are able to enjoy a maintenance-free lifestyle, but also a social lifestyle where they can focus on staying independent as long as possible based on the different support areas, whether that is utilizing the restaurant, the fitness gym, or exercise activities, um, but really just being right down the hall from all those things in a close proximity,
0: uh, feeling that sense of the community. Can you talk a little bit more about the maintenance-free pieces of independent living? What does that entail? Yeah, so when someone
1: lives at their home or in a different uh, state, they are in charge of all the utilities, all the bills, uh, anything goes wrong with your home, a leaky roof or a broken dishwasher part, um, they have to call and schedule those services as we're here Because we include maintenance 24-7 and you are a renting of an apartment where all the appliances are furnished by us, we take responsibility when those appliances need repaired or fixed. And it's one call away. You pick up the phone, make a work order with our front desk, and someone is down to
0: fix whatever is wrong. So really adding to that stress-free type of lifestyle.
2: It's an easy button. You dial zero and you get what you need. You can't make it any easier than that.
0: All right, let's dive into assisted living now. So when might someone need to consider assisted living for either themselves or for a loved one? So I talk about assisted living with families when
1: there becomes a daily part of their routine that has become challenging. So whether that's uh, getting dressed in the morning or at night for bed or maybe strenuous meal prep, cooking breakfast, lunch, and dinner has become more challenging or difficult. We also get a common question about managing medications becoming troubling as those constant changes are being done by the physicians, uh, managing, ordering them. Those are all areas when I think that assisted living is a good talking point to share how those services are provided uh, within that assisted living care level.
0: So really when somebody moves to the point where their daily activities they need some assistance with but don't need full-time care? Yes, correct. Um, So I know that Western Reserve Masonic Community also includes short-term rehab as well as long-term care. Um, Let's talk about short-term rehab first. How does someone qualify for short-term rehab? Do people come directly from a hospital or how does that process work, Jason?
2: Yeah, the typical transition for someone into short-term rehab or skilled nursing um, is is coming from an acute need happening typically with a hospitalization or an emergency room visit. So whether that's some type of, you know, physical fall that's happened and maybe there might be, you know, an issue with mobility happening for that. But typically, it's it, it's coming from a visit to the hospital with some type of, of stay or emergency room visit with a need shown that, you know, more physical assistance is needed. And, you know, as we age, you know, the, the rule goes, if you don't use it, you lose it and uh And what ends up happening as we as we age is we maybe use less of our muscles and and things that we need to, and so some physical rehabs needed from time to time. but it's typically- uh started out with some type of event that happens with a hospitalization in most cases.
0: And then how does that differ from long term care?
2: And so long term care is is typically. When someone has advanced beyond, you know, the services and needs in assisted living. Um, So needing far more, you know, hands on care, transfer assistance, um, things that might take two or more people from a mobility concern or even uh, more hands on assistance with doing things like um, with getting dressed. More hands-on assistance with, you know, eating, um, things of that nature, where where really that is more of a of a of a care need, physical care need, than what might be in, you know, an assisted a traditional assisted living uh, scenario.
0: So now we're moving to the last level of care. Um, so memory changes, I know, can be a big concern for family members. Um, what would you tell a family who's dealing with a loved one needing long-term memory support?
2: So. Having come from a family myself that's had you know grandparents um, and great-grandparents that have had you know memory care deficits is that it can be really isolating for the individual that's that actually has Alzheimer's dementia, but even more isolating for the family members as they're going through that process. And you can feel very much alone and that you're the first person in the world that that has gone through this scenario and and I can confidently say that, that we have helped hundreds of families on our campus and through our services go through and cope with and deal with the the journey that's going to be in front of them. And while every journey is unique, there's probably not a scenario that our team um, has not been exposed to and helped navigate um, and, and 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 help overcome. And and working with them and actually educating them on you know what does this disease process mean to me. And what does this mean for my loved one? And what are they physically going to go through? And how is this going to look as we continue to move forward? We really pride ourselves on our education of our team members and then in turn our family members. Because it really takes a village when we're talking about providing care for someone with Alzheimer's and dementia And that collaboration and the connection with the family member and and helping us learn who this person is and, and who they are. It's not who they was. It's who they are. Because that person that they grew up with, their father, their spouse, their wife, that is that person still today. And then we need to use the tools that we have in hand along with them to keep, To keep unlocking that person and to keep them present and to be a part of who they are and and find purpose in in the spaces that in some cases seems really dismal, especially for families that have been trying to do this on their own um, without the resources that we have available to them to 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 help them understand what's happening and the best way to navigate it.
0: So we've talked about all the different levels of care. I'm sure there are times where families come in and they don't know where their loved one stands or what level of care they actually need. So how do you guide them into finding that right level of care? What does that process look like?
2: So that's why we're really lucky to have amazing team members like Melissa who really are there to help find that right fit. Because we'll have folks that will come in and say, Hey, I really need assisted living for mom. And we'll sit down and say, well, what does that look like? What, what are the things that what, what's triggering for this to happen? Well, you know, you know, we don't want mom to take trash out anymore. We don't want her to have to undo light bulbs. And, you know, we're really worried about dad having to go out and do the gutters. And you know what? We really don't want him to cook anymore because, you know, we've had this and this or X or Y. And for us, that really sounds like independent living with the services that we have to do that. And so it's really having that conversation with that family member to find out what's going on. Tell me about mom. Tell me about dad. Tell me about your uncle. And let's help navigate what's the appropriate place for that person to be at. And it works on the opposite. We have folks that come in and saying, hey, I really need independent living. And then we start talking about, you know, what's happening at home. And maybe there's things that they're becoming more forgetful on. They're missing medications. Maybe they're having issues working electronics and telephones and things of that nature. And maybe there is part of that conversation is, you know, maybe more of a more of a need in a care area is needed based off of where that's at. So it's never one same answer for every single person, every single family. We really approach it to really try to find out in discovery from the families and from those people, you know, what is the best fit for me? And, and you know, hopefully it's on an offering that we have in our campus, but we're also going to be upfront and honest and say, you know what, with what's happening with mom or dad, maybe these folks might be a better solution for you. So it's not about finding, you know, the best place at Western Reserve. It's about finding the best place for that individual and, and and what's going to be best for them and their family in the long run.
0: So really functioning as a partner for that family to help them oh, find the resources they need.
2: Completely. I mean, in the end, that's, we want to help people navigate, you know, senior living can be scary. Uh, and, and you're talking about, you know, being presented with the opportunity to provide services for, you know, folks, grandparents and parents. And and we take that very, very personal. And we want to make sure that we are are putting everybody in the best scenario to be successful and to have a positive experience.
1: Yeah. And from a sales manager role uh, in this position and working with different families and different situations every day, I view myself more as an educator than a salesperson. Um, and I also view myself as a detective because, as Jason mentioned, I have to learn a little bit about your family's situation and then educate you on the differences between, for example, independent living and and assisted living so we can identify really what services or care areas your loved one fits best into and would best thrive in. Um, and this industry is not apples to apples. Any campus or community that you walk into is going to have a different set of services and amenities. And we have to talk first about what's important to that person before we rattle off all services and amenities that might not be applicable to that individual. Um, So I put a detective hat on often when I'm talking to families.
0: Well, I want to thank both of you again for joining me today. Um, For all of our listeners, please remember to rate and subscribe to our podcast so you never miss a new episode. And we will be back again in two weeks uh, with a new episode. So, thank you all again. Mm